This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joar, and today is Wednesday, April 24th, 2019, and my guest is Mark Watson of Soldier Knows Best. Hi, Mark. How are you? I am doing great. How are you doing? I'm super. Thanks. Uh, I wanted to have you on kind of last week, ideally, but uh, it it's good to have you on this week because we actually even have more to talk about um, regarding this whole Galaxy Fold stuff. Oh, it's man. It's been a bit of a mess, hasn't it? It's been crazy. It feels like it's been like a month or two months, but it's only been a week since <laughs> these devices started going <laughs> out. So it's been a lot, a lot of stuff. Yeah, for sure. So you have one. I don't. And that's another reason I kind of wanted you on the show because I'm like, oh, wow, you got one. <laughs> um, so, okay, there's two parts to this, right? I want to kind of hear your take on the device kind of in a vacuum, you know, in the sense of like you've been using it. What are your thoughts? And then there's the other part of I really want to discuss the kind of like the fiasco slash drama part because it, I really think I mean, fiasco is such an overused and cliche word, but I really think it applies here. I think it's hard for me to wrap my head around how this phone even made it in the hands of reviewers right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you noticed today, but Michael Fisher just posted this morning that he has a bulge under his screen at the hinge. He's basically experienced the verge problem. I don't know if his screen has been damaged by it yet, but he's obviously returning it today like everyone is. So I I don't know. It's just scary, you know? Yeah, it's it's weird because it, originally I thought, OK, it may be just a couple of devices. And, you know, you had the original issue where they just didn't tell us not to take off that screen protector, which is an oversight just with, you know, the packaging and communication. But, you know, with the Verge and a couple other people just with their displays, just looking like, all right, there's a, a gap there where something can get in. That's where it gets scary. And then with Fisher having that happening. I'm 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 very I'm very interested in really how many people are having issues like right. it, it, I, I, that was just a very little. Totally. I think what's weird to me, and I also just want to make it clear to the listeners, this had like the problems on display had already happened by the time we recorded last week's show with Martin, but we actually didn't see it until we finished the recording. We recorded exactly a week ago and it was all happening that morning of the, the, the Wednesday. So I didn't include any of that in the podcast. So last week's podcast was really like, hey, we both have been reading about the Galaxy Fold because we don't have one. And he, and we're both kind of excited because everybody seems to be very excited. So this show is more like, you know, we're going to kind of go over all of the all of the intricacies. Um, so here's the thing to me that, that uh, I want to kind of get your kind of feel on is, do you think that, let's say they have... 20 or 30 devices out there. Let's say 30. Let's be generous, right? Mm-hmm. So 30 devices. We've seen definitely three break, right? I mean, there's Michael's now, there's The Verge, and there's uh, CNBC Todd, right? Todd has Hazleton. Yeah. Those are the three, I think, that actually, like, there was no peeling of screen protectors going on or anything weird, right? Right. So that's 10% on in within a, a 10-day period. That's a lot, in my opinion. That is. That is. Yeah. It's, you know, that all depends on how many are actually out there. But yeah, if, if, if we go with those numbers, then that definitely is a cause for concern. Where like, looking like them delaying the launch is the, is the best thing for them to do. And yeah. it, it kind of makes you go to where, you know, they, they sent out a video of them during a, a durability test of the, the Galaxy Fold where they just had a machine folding in Closing and unfolding it. Yeah, yeah. So I think, but I think that's a difference. That's different from... That's a durability test. And this just seems like a design issue, like somewhere in the design, they messed up with not being able to make sure this thing is sealed up enough. So definitely nothing can get under the display. So, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. Like that looks like they have to go back to the drawing board and remanufacture all I the ones that already did. I don't think we're going to see this phone until after the note at this point. I don't want to be pessimist. Look, I'm not here to be the voice of doom because I love this mm-hmm. concept and I'm on board with the folding phones. I want to make it clear. This is not a Samsung versus Huawei thing. This is not a, you know, folding phone suck thing. I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been covering phones since the mid 2000s. I get it. This is the way to go. This is one of the directions we want to go. But at the same time, I'm also an engineer and I look at the saying and I look at the failure rates and I look at the boneheadedness of some of the design choices, like this film they applied clearly after the fact, clearly in their testing, they found that 
the initial plastic covering wasn't, you know, going to be strong enough. And they decided to kind of do a permanent screen protector that's very tightly adhered to the screen. And that's why when it was peeled by some journalists by accident, like Marquez and, and like, uh, yeah, Mark German from Bloomberg, right? Uh, and, and I mean, they, they, you know, that's a fair mistake, especially if there's no warning. But, but the fact that it, is inset, you know what I'm saying? Like that there is a visible edge to that screen protector or that, that protective layer to me. That that reeks of like, oh, Band-Aid. Like, you know, they already knew there was some issues with kind of like uh, durability on that screen and they added an extra layer. And because the layer couldn't interfere with the thing folding because it probably moves a little bit in the bezels when it, mo when it folds. Mm-hmm. They, they, they had to keep a little gap between it and the, and the bezel. And to me, that's when you go back to the drawing board. At that point, you're like, no, we, we create a new display that's thicker and that slides under the bezel properly. We don't add this, this kind of Band-Aid solution to it. So that's kind of why I'm like, I don't think, I, mean, I think we're going to find out in a month or so what the new release date will be. And it might even be a, at some like quarter three kind of thing, not, not a specific date. Yeah, yeah. You see, did you see the tweet from David, uh, David Kogan? I, think. I didn't. Oh yeah. He, well, he said he got an email or something from AT and T saying they pushed the release date to June, uh, yeah. sometime around mid June. But again, that's AT and T saying it. it's not Samsung. But yeah, I think you're right. I, I don't think this is going to be a fix that they can do easily. They have to go back to the drawing board. I think and that's they have to go back, and 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 I want them to. Like I, I want them to go back and. If this thing needs a protective layer that, that needs to be on ex an extra layer, like let's put that on, but let's put it on so that it's seamless. And let's make sure that this stuff getting behind the hinge, because I know, I think Dieter totally called it when it happened to him a week ago, that, that something went under there and it doesn't, I'm not sure if it's the clay that they used to hold up the phone, like you suggested. It could have been just even lint or dust. Yeah. And, and you have the phone, so you know at the edges, right? Stuff can get in there, right? Yeah, even like you just look at the screen protector around it. It's just dusty. Like I did a close up with my camera and it's just like just stuff collecting there. And um, it's going to get worse in, in a month or two. Like I have a whole I have a lot of lint in my pants and I look at my, you know, Galaxy S10 Plus, my Huawei P30 Pro, my hmm. my LG G8, which are the phones I'm currently carrying. These are phones that I've had for a month, right? At most. Uh, and, and they're dusty as F. Like I'm like, I cannot imagine what how much dust would be inside the hinge of uh, my Galaxy Fold if I had one right now. Yeah. How, how has it been for you? Like, you obviously have no issues. No, no, I have zero issues. Um, and I, like, like, like you said before, the form factor, I'm, I'm in love with it. Like, I, I really wanted it to be successful. Like, I want this one. I want the Mate X to be good. I want all of them to, to work. Um, because there's just something about being able to unfold to a tablet. Like, I was out for Easter and I was out of the house. And the new episode of Game of Thrones came on and I normally wouldn't watch it just on a regular phone screen, but I opened the fold up and loaded up HBO Go and it worked great. The quality was good enough to where I felt fine just watching that episode on that. So the flexibility of it, I think, is good. Um, and so I, I've had zero issues. The camera, the display quality is good. The crease is there, but you don't really see it when you're using it. Um, and I, yeah, everything else with the software is mostly there. Right? I think they still need a little bit of tweaking with the software. Uh, but everything with this, I'm, I'm excited for. So whenever they finally fix it, I, I'll be one of the first ones to still try to pick it up. So the question is now, when will we see it? And, and of course, we can only speculate. I, my gut, as I said, is we'll see this after the Note 10. We'll see this in the fall. Yeah. I don't really think it's going to... They really need to go back to the drawing board. They know that now. Why they didn't know that before, I don't understand. I mean, that's a big mystery. Do you think they they were just trying to be first? Like trying to... Yeah, I really think that's... I think this was highly marketing-driven... Uh, highly top-down driven because the engineers must have rebelled at some point. Say this is not going to fly, guys, because the engineers are like that. They're no bullshit kind of people, mm -hmm. you know. They're like, hey, this is not going to work. We don't think you should do this. And marketing people are like, ah, oh, come on, you can fix it. You can find a way. I've seen this time and time again in you know as a journalist, and I've seen that internally when I worked at Pebble as well. Mm -hmm. uh, you know the struggle that happens between you know marketing, product, and uh, and engineering. And, and software and hardware as well, you know, kind of duking it out sometimes. And it's not like people are trying to be malicious. It's just everybody is cares and wants to do the best job they can. And the, the marketing people, they really want to be the first because to them, it's like, you know, this thing that they've been 
striving for what eight years now, right, to yeah. be first, right? And Huawei is clearly cl knocking on their door, and so is potentially others like Moto with uh, Moto Razor rumors that we're seeing, and then. Mm -hmm. That's really the Lenovo, obviously. And then, you know, TCL, I don't think is going to be uh, trying to be, you know, available as a, as a competitor for a while because they're aiming for a lower price point. But there's at least these, so there's Xiaomi, right? We know Xiaomi's got something. We haven't seen it, but, um, and LG has got to have something. What do you think, Mark? I mean, LG is like one of the freaking OLED manufacturers yeah. that does plastic OLED, right? Yeah. Well, the thing is like, I, I, I still don't think, I don't understand why Samsung doesn't need to be first. Like the, I guess the one that we know for sure that's coming is that Huawei Mate X, and Samsung had them beat on the price. I mean, if people right. think the Fold is expensive, the Mate X started <laughs> around six hundred, six hundred dollars more at twenty six hundred. Uh, yeah. It's going to have five G, you know, some other things. But um, so Samsung, I don't think they even needed to rush it. And even if Huawei beat them to the punch, you know, Huawei's a big company, but I would say at least for the states, you know, the news cycle, you know, it wouldn't be as big as still as if Samsung launched it. Even they launched it after the fact. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of confused that they, they launched it. But, you know, John Rettinger did a he, he said a very good thing in a video I saw recently where he was just like Samsung probably should have just released it as a developer, a developer edition or a developer device. Totally. That would have been fantastic. That would have also yeah. given them some more real life practice yep. kind of use. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And where consumers can still buy it if they want to. But. If something goes wrong, it's not going to be like they're trying to sell it as a, a complete product to just regular consumers where if you're buying it, you're probably you know interested in the tech and trying to have it first and stuff. So that would that would have been better, but that still wouldn't have counted as like launching first. So if their their whole aim is to be first, that probably wouldn't be in, in according to what they're trying to do. But <laughs> in hindsight is 50, 50 uh, hindsight is like we can look at it now, but definitely that part would have been the best way to go. No, I completely agree with you. I think that's, you know, I mean, look, the reality is, as I said, I cannot believe, I cannot wrap my head around how this made it past quality control testing into the hands of the media. I mean, we are a gentle folk, us journalists, generally speaking, right? Like, mm -hmm. we take care of our devices. I don't know if I'm generalizing and it's based on my own anal retentiveness here, mm -hmm. but <laughs> I do take care of the products that I get sent. I have dropped phones. It's always been accidental and I always feel like gut wrench when it happens because i'm like oh how can i you know some people are like jonesing to have this phone and i'm klutzy and i dropped it and and i always work something out in case i haven't gotten my pictures taken yet but we're pretty good right generally like we take care of things yeah and i think I, you know and i think i'm fine with the device costing two thousand dollars and being more fragile than my regular phone because you i gotta know, start somewhere yeah as long, as long as i know that right like if i have a $600 pair of shoes and an $80 pair of shoes, I'm going to treat that $600 pair of shoes a little bit more gently. Like I'm not going to go, you know, mountain hiking or, or go painting a house in them. Right. So yeah. I think, I think that, you know, with that, I'm fine with it. If I drop it and it breaks easier than, you know, my S10 for some reason. Okay. But it's just that it shouldn't have these extra little weak points that no matter how you use the phone, it still is a, a it looks like a really good possibility of something breaking. I think that's where they just, they just missed it. Yeah. So, you know, I think the, ultimately, like, that's, I think marketing drove this. They wanted to be first and now they're, and, and I think it's costing, you know, this, uh, this is obviously not as bad in terms of money, I think, as, as them having to recall it later. Also, it was never going to be as bad because they're not never going to sell too many of those. Right. But, but if you look at it, you know, obviously the Note 7 was its own drama and fiasco of its, of its own kind. And, and that's another thing that shows how Samsung sometimes rushes and and doesn't do the testing and you know th as thoroughly as they could and in that case it was an extremely expensive and extremely dangerous endeavor because yeah. you're, you're risking the lives of people on airplanes or whatever you know i mean in any case you're always risking the life of people if a phone catches fire anywhere but it's certainly more dangerous in some situations like in your home you burn the entire house down so to me, that's it's weird that Samsung somehow did not learn that lesson, or at least there is some disconnect at the corporate level here. And this, I think, this force to be first is really strong with them. I, I and, and I agree with you; they shouldn't worry about it, especially from a U.S. perspective, since Huawei is doesn't really have a, a strong hold here. But think about Asia, right, where Samsung is based. Mm -hmm. Huawei is huge there, and he's yeah. eating their lunch in many places, and in Europe as well. So I think that I can understand their drive to want to be first, but you gotta, you gotta like, seriously, like as soon as I saw the screen protector stuff, I'm like, 
No, no, this is a band-aid. This is not, this is completely a last-minute thing they did. And clearly, this thing is less, way less rugged than we expected. And, you know, I wasn't expecting anything super rugged, but man. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah it's interesting. Like, so what do you think about the Mate X? Because that has that display folding outwards. And well, so, so okay, I am holding, like, I'm totally like, I'm a bigger fan of the design of the Mate X, mm-hmm. you know, um, because I feel like I would much rather have uh, when it's close, when it's folded up, have a, a, a normal looking phone screen size, you know, like basically like a Galaxy S10 Plus or uh, Mate 20 Pro or P30 Pro or something size device when it's closed up. Um, also like that you can use the rear screen for selfies and stuff when yeah. it's folded. Um, but I am really concerned now durability and that thing is going to be on the outside. We've seen how many uh, like dings and scratches people have seen on their on their galaxy fold how is yours holding up i mean do you still have it are you sending it back today yeah i still got it they're supposed to send me a shipping label i still haven't gotten it yet so um so it's <laughs> is it can you, if you like put it in the light and you look at the surface of the phone are you seeing any of these little dents and stuff that Dieter saw no no i don't see anything yeah i did a, a i did some close-up shots yesterday and i looked back at the footage and i couldn't see anything at all um so besides that that crease that is that's normal still ugly but it's right. normal so yours is um, in tip-top shape still yeah yeah well, that's good. You probably took really good care of it. I, actually, I, actually we- I didn't. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I actually was like, I wanted to use it. I used it just like a normal phone. I was like leaving it out on my couch, fully open. My dogs jump up on my couch all the time. My dog wow, stepped okay. on it. So you were just like, you were giving it the normal treatment. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, look, you know, it, it's again, you know, it could just be a failure rate of 10% and 10% is way too high. So yeah. <laughs> they have mm-hmm. to fix it. But but the reality is, I think that um, with Huawei, what I feel more reassured by is that by folding outward, that radius of the fold is much larger. Yeah. And I've gone back and looked at some of those hands-on videos that people have done on the Mate X. I was there for the Mate X launch. I got to take photos of it in the initial briefing where we weren't allowed to touch it. But they had a much smaller briefing with very select people uh, later on. And I wasn't invited for that where they got to touch it. I don't know if you were at that no. uh, or not. Yeah. So if you look at those videos, um, the radius is much more rounded. And I think because of that, we're going to see less of a crease. And and to me, that might mean that the hinge can be designed to be a little tighter uh, fitting to the to the radius of the screen when it's closed. And as such, that less debris could get lodged under there. So I, as as much as I'm worried about the screen being so exposed on the Mate X, I'm less worried about failure points at the hinge myself. Yeah. I'm much more concerned about failure points at the hinge on the fold. Yeah, so they, it's like they're totally opposites as far as like <laughs> what people could be worried about with that display. But I, I wonder if they delay it. I wonder if they take their time. It's like, you know what? Let's hold off and try to like make sure ours is going to be reinforced because you don't I really want, hope so. want and, the same thing. And I hope they go back to the drawing board on that nasty massive notch inside the fold i feel they don't even need cameras there at all i feel that if you think about this for a second if you fold the if you open the fold right and you hold the rear towards you and the screen away from you the main screen away from you, the rear towards you you should now be able to use the main camera system the the big three lenses in the back with the front display for selfies yep right yep so they don't need the front camera or they might just need it in case you want to use it closed up. Got that. So maybe just that that ten that ten megapixel front camera on the small screen, just for those times when you want to do a video call or something, and then nothing inside, and then you know on the outside have the three lenses. And if you want to do a selfie, you can just flip the phone over, like kind of like what Huawei is doing, and use that tiny little four point six inch screen for for selfies. It would look the selfies would look so much better. Yeah. You yeah. wouldn't have as big of a viewfinder, I get that, but for selfies, I think you'd be fine. I don't understand why they put that that notch in there. Honestly, I really don't get it. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like and I'm even fine with the cameras out there, but it's just that that notch can be way smaller. It's like so it's, big, it's just, yeah. yeah, yeah there might seems, be some sensors and stuff in there. Yeah, that's what I have to think. Yeah. But there's no earpiece there, because the earpiece is in the front, right? Like you you can only make call, calls with it uh with the earpiece if it's closed, because if you open it, you have to use a speakerphone, yeah? 
Yeah, I mean, I did test it out. You can still hold it up, but you only hear the the speaker on the outside, so it's not. So really it's not very good. Yeah, and, yeah. You look, and you look really weird doing it. But <laughs> so yeah, it's I bet you you look pretty weird just to sometimes <laughs> taking photos with it with the main viewfinder and the rear camera. Oh, that's you know that's one of the good things about this is that I, I've been taking it out and people had just been coming up to me asking me about it and. You know, what's funny is that a lot of people know about this device and that's kind of how, how I gauge like where the interest is, you know, where just random strangers know about it. Kind of similar to my first experience with the uh, the first iPhone where people just run up to me asking me to see it and use it. Um, so it is one of those devices that stand out. And I, I, I man, I just really want this to, to, to work. I just I, I think that this is going to be such a good form factor, but they definitely are behind. They put themselves behind here. And um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a bummer. I um. You know, it's funny when you guys got all briefed last week on Monday, uh, obviously, you know, they're very selective because they have very few devices and I, I wouldn't knew I knew I wouldn't going to I wouldn't have made the count no matter what. Uh, but I was surprised that they, they they omitted a bunch of people like the New York Times, like Mashable, like uh, Android Authority, Android Police uh, slash gear. Um and, and it's interesting, if you look at the YouTube creators that they included, I mean, obviously, you know, there was you and, and, and Marquez and, and, you know, David Kogan, the Unlocker, and a whole bunch of folks, right? Like Enobong. And, and I was like, that makes sense. But like, what, about, what happened to the West Coasters? Like, where's Austin Evans? Where, where was John Morrison? Like, it was really weird. Did you notice that? Well, you know what? You know, sometimes I, I don't know. I when I look at these type of things, I, I don't ever expect to be you know invited out to anything. So I kind of go with it just however it happens because I don't get invited to everything either. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what their motivation was. I just probably think that they just got it out to just a few people and maybe next time they'll probably get out to a different side. I, I hope they expand it a little bit. I mean, I, even if they don't include me right away, I, I'm mm -hmm. not too upset, but I, I just feel it's really weird that, that like I couldn't make, normally I can kind of make a, a reason for it. It's like, okay, you know, you're picking the, the top numbers or you're picking, you know, the publications you have the best relationship with or whatever. But here it was just like kind of really weird. <laughs> and, yeah, it, it's, def it's definitely just, so, and even just look at the, the kind of the YouTube creators, it was a different mix, which I do like that. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know whether it's just because they had a select number of units or, or what, but yeah. Anyway, I mean, the, the bottom line is that, is that in, in retrospect, it's probably a good thing. They didn't have more units out there yeah. uh, at the same time, you know, I hope that they expand the program a little bit next, next, uh, time, because I think, you know, journalists, and this is what I do, you know, when I'm not working as a journalist, because I don't do it full time anymore. I, the podcast is obviously my big deal here, mm -hmm. but the, uh, you know, I have a YouTube channel. That's a little thing that kind of like supplement to the show with like unboxings, hands-ons and stuff. But Ultimately, most of my work is consulting. I help companies solve exactly the kind of problems Samsung's experience. In fact, I have worked with Samsung before and, and, you know, I, I kind of hold their hand and, and, you know, walk them through all the potential red flags that the media and the consumers are going to see when I do product testing for these companies and, and, you know, try to iron out those problems and also try to like highlight things that they haven't as features that they're maybe not putting on the pedestal that they should be because there's always some hidden feature in there that some you know the pr and marketing people didn't cling on to that it makes it in ships and is actually really cool so i try to kind of find that and as a consultant i have to kind of prioritize and figure out what's best and that's why i'm kind of like hoping that they do a broader distribution of the next review units with the media simply because i think the media are a really good test bed like yeah. as clearly shown here we uh, we'll find the problems, right? Mm -hmm. Probably faster than the average customer. So, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I, my, my gut is we're going to hear back from them in the next month or two with an, a date or some sort of statement. Um, and then we're going to, they're probably going to send this out in the fall in time for the holidays. And that will be that for now. And they're probably already working on Gen 2, which will probably be announced as great fan for next year at some point. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm, then, already, I'm already thinking about the second version too. Like you know, <laughs> and I thought I I don't know what Huawei is going to do. I think if Huawei is smart, they're going to learn from this lesson. And you know, if there's any kind of hesitation, reservation on their end about the durability of the Mate X, that at this point they're going back already as well, because now they have bought themselves some time. Right? They were never going to be first, and they know that, so they could still be second. And, uh, you know, further engineer this thing. And I'm hoping that basically in a way, 
Samsung stumbles here will benefit everyone when we finally get folding phones. There will be more, you know, more what we expect a phone to be like in terms of durability and reliability. So let's see what happens, right? I mean, obviously. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think this is it's a good it's it's a bad thing, but it could have been way worse if, if they would have got this to the consumers that really just paid their money and it started happening, you know, oh later my God. this week. Can you imagine it, that nightmare? Gosh. The nightmare would have been yeah. yeah. So they got like I mean, I still feel like yeah, this is a weird one that Samsung like didn't kind of foresee or know that this is going to be an issue and just went ahead. No, like basically, at any cost, we need to get this thing out on April 26th. You know, like I'm like, mm. whoa. It worries me because here's a company that has great engineering know-how and I have a lot of respect for what they've done. But this, this is kind of like, this is going to hurt them in a way because people are going to start worrying about like, what is, you know, if they've done this, what else have they done? Like, is my Galaxy S10 going to be okay in a year? You know, stuff like that. I'm Well, I, I think, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's still just, I don't, I don't think the credibility is going to take too big. I mean, it's... It's no, nowhere near as worse as like the Note Seven. Oh yeah, and and they kind of and they bounce back. Like I don't think people even yeah, have reservations. Yeah. yeah, this is just kind of like if you're charging two thousand dollars for a phone, it's going to be even harder to get people to want to buy it in the future. So yeah, yeah. I just feel that they, sh you know, they also handle the statements in a weird way. I, I felt that the other thing that I wanted them to learn from the Note Seven debacle was that that you know transparency is key and i felt like for this fold thing they weren't transparent again you know it was just like the statements were late they clearly had to go to all the way up to korea and be approved by people and then translated and then blah 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 and then valley sent back and and they sounded really dry and sounded really not um not sincere and not really convincing you know and you and a lot of people when I've said that to them, like in Twitter and stuff, in conversations with other journals, like, well, Miriam, what the hell do you expect? Like, seriously, like, what are they gonna do? I'm like, be transparent. Like, just be honest. Like, be saying, look, we we something's like I don't have to get into details about exactly what it is, but don't make it sound like PRBS, okay? Like, we know how to smell PRBS. Um and the consumer does too. So I think that's the other problem I have is that they haven't changed their approach since the note. Like uh, at first it was very denially, you know what I'm saying? They didn't want to kind of like accept that it was happening. But yeah, I, I think, I think, I think you're right with the, with the press releases. It, I think it was kind of geared towards the reviewers, right? Like their, uh, the press release was, was towards the people that already had it. But I'm thinking about those consumers who put them down the money. I wonder what they, you know, what is their response? Like, did they send an email or they, Calling them, letting them know that they can cancel their orders. Like, what is really going on with those people who put down their hard-earned money to, to try to buy this thing? Yeah, I wonder if they actually took the money when they put it down, or if it's one of those, like, Indiegogo Kickstarter, mm -hmm. where it's like, well, you'll Char get charged charge when, when it ships. ships. Yeah. At that point, I think that probably is better. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I was kind of uh, wondering to pick your brain about, because, again, you have one. So I want to start talking about the product now, now that the drama and the, the debacle and the stuff is behind us. Um, we kind of think covered that pretty well. Um, my big question to you is how many apps do the app continuity properly and how many don't in your experience? Like of the average app load that a person would have on their phone. What are we looking at here? Um, you know what? I have like one, two, three, four, five. All right. So I have one page with uh, five across, six down and another page with pretty much that with just like my normal apps on it. So there's a good amount of apps that work with it. But my concern is with there's a, like four or five apps in, in this section that don't work with it at all. Um, and are oh, you talking about the multitasking or app continuity? The app continuity. So when you start an app in the front and you open it up, like Twitter, for example, we know doesn't work. Maps, obviously, and Gmail, we know works. Most Google apps work. Um, I'm just curious, like, what's been your experience? Have you been surprised? by Have some apps surprised you in working? And have some apps surprised you in not working? Okay, my bad. I had a little brain fart there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so with that, um, yeah, all the apps work fine with that. My, my issue with that is just that when you're actually opening the device or closing it, my finger accidentally touches the either the front display or the, the bigger display. And so when I switch over to whatever screen, the app is in a different place than where I started. So I'm, I'm like accidentally liking, ah. liking posts on Instagram or, you know, doing stuff. And so it needs some way to kind of, I don't know, see that you initiated the app continuity by opening or closing the device and maybe notice that, okay, this tap was probably accidental. So that's not like actually, you know, have that happen. So, yeah, and, totally. and that happens a lot. It happens most of the time. So I really, 
I mean, it works. This it, all the software works with it, but that's the one thing that just kind of gets on my nerves. Right. Um. You know, when you open Twitter from the front screen to the main screen, and you get those vertical bars on each side, at the bottom right of the screen, there is that button to relaunch the app. Yeah. Um. I'm wondering if you think, and because again, you've used it, I haven't. I haven't. Would you? Would you think that Samsung should have maybe added a setting? that would automatically do this with apps that don't support app continuity. So basically, imagine a setting you can turn on, and when you have Twitter running in the front and you open it, it obviously is not app continuity supported. And so now it's starting with bars. And instead of starting with bar, it just automatically restarts. Yeah, 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 that that would be good. And with that, like I noticed that sometimes with uh, just the way some apps like Instagram work, where um, when I do open it up, it just refreshes. So I'm never going to be like really where I was in my timeline. Um, and that's because it's kind of how Instagram works. Um, but yeah, if, if Samsung can do as much in the software to mitigate that, that would definitely be better. Yeah, there's a lot of apps that seem to, when you switch be, you know, between apps, come you come back to them and they're not where you were. Yeah. And like, I don't, personally, that's like an app design issue. I was a software engineer for a long time working in video games and it, it always rubs me the wrong way when I see that kind of design. I'm like, who thought of that? Like, right. seriously, like, don't you use the app every day? Mm. But, uh, <laughs> but I think that that's my, that honestly is my biggest kind of concern as I'm somebody who doesn't have a fold, has seen lots of videos and studied everything, um, is I don't think the, I think the software experience looks really polished and solid to me overall. But um, it's the app continuity not working with some apps that would, I think, rub me the wrong way. Um, but other than that, do you, is there something that you found that you would give feedback to Samsung to do better, like some sort of UI-based weirdness like that, other than the thing that you just mentioned where it should maybe filter out some taps when you open and close the screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what I was saying earlier um, with... Uh just with the multitasking, trying to have multiple uh, apps open on your screen at once, you know, it has a little bar that you swipe over from the right hand side. And that gives you a list of apps that will work in that. And it just has like, I have like four or five apps that don't work. They just automatically go to full screen. So I, I so I asked Samsung, you know, how, how does that filter out? Is that Samsung doing that, determining which apps do that or um, are capable of that? Or is that just solely up to the app developers? And um, they said, they'll get back to me on that. But um, <laughs> other, other, <laughs> yeah. Other, other than that, um, it just works like the S10 Plus. You know, the software is, it, like you said, is polished. And for a bigger screen like this, I think with the, the little changes that they've made with the software over the past year, it does help even with using the fold unfolded and one handed uh, use. But um, yeah, other than that, the software works great. Just that small screen on the front is just way it's, it's yeah. just too small. I, I mean, I saw that, I said that the day I saw this phone, I was like this small screen. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like if you use if you're using an iPhone 5 or SE of some kind, It'll be fine, but most Android users have graduated to much larger screens, and I don't think the Android experience is as polished on small phones anymore. Uh, yeah. And so it's definitely an issue. I, I don't understand why they make didn't make it like um, a full full front screen. You know, even with a little bit of bezel, go all like go crazy like twenty one by nine, twenty two, twenty three by nine aspect ratio. It wouldn't have solved the the width issue, but maybe a bit less bezel would have solved the width by adding like five millimeters in width. Um, and it would have looked so much sexier to have a full front display, basically, even if it was a little weird and long. Yeah, I don't know. Just yeah. a thought. Yeah, it, it, it like it works. Like I don't, I don't like, I don't hate it. I don't love it. It just, it actually makes me use my phone less <laughs> when I'm out because I don't like to stay on it too long. The small screen. Uh, but I think for for most consumers, they really need to make that the front display be able to be the primary display instead of right now the the unfolded when the display is open. When the fold is open, that's the primary display. I think they need to change that and swap it out because it does get a little awkward when you're out with friends and you need to check something on your phone. And if you unfold it, it just really makes it look like you're not even paying attention anymore. So, <laughs> yeah. so they need it's to like, make. It. <laughs> Go ahead. Peace out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just checking my email. Trust me, I'm not. I'm not watching the movie on it. But no. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, the other thing, but maybe so you know how when you check your phone in a meeting, I mean. People kind of look, give you the side eye because you're not supposed to be on your phone. But if you have a tablet, then nobody gives you the side eye because you're clearly taking notes or something. Ooh, that's so good. I wonder how <laughs> the fold changes that dynamic, you know? Do people take you more seriously when you have it unfolded at a meeting in front of you? No. no it, it'll be interesting to find out. <laughs> well, it definitely needs to add style support and then they'll definitely uh, take you more seriously. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
Um, what's been your experience with this one thing that I saw a lot of people complain about with the fact that when you have a layout of apps in the windows or whatever in, in, in tiers right on the big screen and you close it, you lose your layout. Yeah. Couldn't they fix that? Like, couldn't they have done a software thing? Like that's software, like that, that could be passion in the future, but like, why, like, why did you even ship that without somehow we able to save the state? I, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, the, I mean, yeah, the only way you can kind of do that just to hit the home button. But yeah, if you do close it and, and stuff like that, you do uh, you do lose it. Yeah, it, it's just little little things like that, I think, are should be, like you said, easy fixes um, that uh, if this thing would have launched, you know, a software update could have uh, done it. But um, yeah, and it's just using these multiple apps is something that, yeah, it does take a little while to kind of get used to for, as far as figuring out, OK, which when can I resize it? When How many apps can I have on the screen? And then when can I resize the uh the amount of that just takes a couple of days of getting used to that, but it, I mean, it's a good start, but they definitely, I think they could have done more with it. But I mean, ultimately you've had this for yeah, almost 10 days. Do you, do you really feel like it's a productivity boost? I mean, like, are you, are you, are you on board? Are you, are you saying that this is going to become the thing that everybody has, or do you think that's still lots of room for regular phones? I mean, other than price, take the taking price and all the reliability stuff out of the equation for a second. Assuming two, three years down from the road, we have phones that fold that are reliable, that can be dropped without too much trouble, that etc. Do you think people are gonna? Do you think it's gonna be like the note where some people go for the big phone and some people prefer the regular phone, or do you think that it's just gonna become universal? hundred uh, percent. I think it's here to stay. Like I I'm sold on the concept. Um, and, and it's one of those, I think when people really get a chance to use it, you know, like this, this is one device where if you're able to go into the store and, and try it out and feel it, um, I think people will, will see that. Okay. It is, it is legit. Like it doesn't feel like it's easy to break or anything like that. So I think the form factor is something that people just kind of get used to, but yeah, I, I see this as that extra thing, you know, besides the note, if you want some more productivity, you want a bigger display, um, but you don't like carrying the tablet. I, I think this form factor is here. And eventually I could see a lot of the top smartphones, uh, like the, their pro level phones or whatever companies release, having this ability to be able to unfold. But again, that that main front display needs to be able to be used like a normal one uh, before we even get to that point. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think it'll be very interesting. And I also think it's be interesting to see what other form factors this folding quote unquote revolution is going to bring because you know the form factors like what we saw tcl show at mwc or like what the razor is supposed to be like mm. basically folding but you know flip phone vertically held kind of design right yeah. so that's to me another thing we might see what if your phone that you have today stays the same size when it's open but then folds into half the size that it is today uh, and slips in your pocket and eventually gets thin enough to be, you know, just a little thicker than what we have today when it's folded. I think there's there's a future for that. And I think that's another thing that's going to come out of this, you know? Yeah, even even when it moves over to tablets, you know, you're able to have a tablet the size of an iPad mini and then it unfolds to the size of a, an iPad Pro. Oh like my that, God, yeah. Yeah, that wow, I didn't be, even think of that. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of good good innovation here that just got to execute it. And I, and I think that that'll, ha that'll happen with time. Yeah, it'll happen. I'm going to miss glass, though. It's such a nice material to touch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, Corning is working on folding glass. I know it sounds crazy, but they are. Mm. And I wonder how far away that is, because obviously that's obviously what we want, right? Yeah. And it's folding, really, it's more like bending glass. So it's it's not glass that's going to have a sharp crease like the Galaxy Fold. It's more like what I described earlier with the Mate X, where it can be very round without breaking. And maybe even do a full U-turn around, but it needs some radius to do that, right? That's kind of what Corning is working on. Mm -hmm. And if they perfect that, I think we're going to see a lot more phone, uh, what what we're now, you know, calling as journalists, the innie versus the Audi, right? The innie being the Fold, mm -hmm. the Audi being the Mate X. So I think we're going to see a lot more Audis if they can do the uh, glass that bends. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, this, this is an exciting time. Like, I, I I just haven't felt like this excited about a phone. Like, there's a lot of great phones out there, but this is one phone that you really feel like you're, I mean, you are using something that you've never used before or being able it to It feels to like the future, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. And I, I think that, you know, with this kickstart, you know, and then eventually in five years when Apple <laughs> does theirs, uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll see, like, I, I think this is, a lot of people hesitate. I think it's mostly probably due to the price. 
But um, once they nail it down, I think, I mean, it's going to be here to stay. Like, I, 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 I almost excited. think that that should be the title of the broadcast. If, if App, when Apple does this in five years, yeah, because <laughs> it's really going to take them that long. I am certain of it. Even if they've been working on it for a while, I am absolutely certain it's going to take them a while to do it because they're going to resist it at first, like they did with the big screens. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we're going to get it when they feel it, they can do a good job as it were. Um, one last thing about the fold. I mean, you know, feel free to add more. We are not in a rush here, but I wanted to kind of touch on this because I put it in the show, in the, in the topics, and I'm going to put it in the show notes as well, is that three minute review video that Joanna Stern did for the Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. Wow. Rough, yeah. rough, rough, rough for Samsung. But I do know Joanna. I used to work with her at Engadget. And, uh, you know, she's kind of no nonsense and Wall Street Journal's audience is not, you know, early adopter tech savvy folk. They are everyday people from all walks of life. How do you feel about that video if you've seen it? And, and you know, do, do you think that she nailed it or not? Like, I, I liked it. Like, as far as like me too, yeah. the presentation and her approach to it and the, 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 the wittiness of it, like it was. I she's did. always funny in her videos. So yeah. that's. Yeah, and I, and I and I looked at the, the comments, and I guess people were just like, "Oh, it's not professional," or they were expecting more. I guess because it's the Wall Street Journal, but I, I I don't know. I think she nailed it on the head as far as the excitement for it, and then these issues, and then just kind of nailing the straight to the point in that that short three minutes. So I personally had no yeah. problem with it. I mean, I'd rather her do that. I personally thought it was it was a little damning, but I I do agree with her. I I do feel that you can't if you're especially if you're writing for a big national paper like that, you can't. You can't review this phone right now. You kind of have to put it on hold. Mm-hmm. And and so she did. And then she pointed out the things she liked. And she pointed out the things that were a little egregious, which, you know, again, you know, we can't absolve Samsung for not screwing this up. They they should know better. And this is the thing that worries me the most is that it's like, why, why, why are we kind of seeing a mini version of Waiso with a Note 7 and the way you're reacting and the way you're defensive about it and the way you're doing stuff. It's like, come on, Samsung, you know. You know, get your PR and marketing game up. If you're going to be want to be first at things, you also need to accept that failure is a risk and you have, need to have a mitigation plan in place to deal with that and not just kind of be like humming and hoeing about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I know, I, even Apple admitted they couldn't make the, what was it called, the, the charging pad thing, right? Oh, air power. Yeah. I mean... Hey, at some point you need to cut your losses, you know, so I, I just feel like I'm not saying they shouldn't ship this thing ever. I think they should. I wanted to ship. I'm super excited about it. I'm just saying that, you know, I would have liked to see them react in a much more humble and transparent way about it, you know? Yeah. Like I said, I think their their press release was aimed for the, the press <laughs> instead of like, yeah, because I, I mean, I, I you know, I, I think they to me, they explain it. But like you said, I just think that when you're looking at consumers, you have to be maybe a little bit more gentle or maybe go into more detail about, you know, exactly what, what is the next steps. But, yeah. yeah. And you did a video about that. I will put it in the, in the show notes. By the way, do you have a playlist for all your, your uh, um, Galaxy Fold videos? I don't, but I will by the time uh, this. Awesome. <laughs> Please this, do, yeah. because I, need, I would I love to, to include it because you do have like, what, four or five videos now. Yeah. Um, and it'd be great to have them all in one place for the, for the viewers or the listeners rather. Uh, so, uh, show notes description and uh, the podcast when it gets published check it out there'll be a bunch of links um, and I'll also link Joanna's video and I'll link the Verge's review because I think of all the reviews that I've read of the few that actually did a full review I feel that they um, they're, they're, they hit all the different issues and all the different you know positives really well mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah so I I'm, honestly I just can't wait I want to see this thing come out I want to you know I hope it's not you know, my gut tells me it's going to be after the note, but I want it to be before that. If it can pull it off, great. And uh, I, I can't honestly wait to get my hands on the Mate X because yeah. I'm honestly a big Huawei fangirl. So there we go. Yeah, I, like, I can't wait. I mean, like, I, I, I've, I like this thing. It's going to be hard. To, it's going to be kind of hard to go back to just using one one single screen phone, like as far as the size. And but yeah, I like, have you completely abandoned using any other phone for this time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah just, you're I like, I'm done, right? Yeah, I've just been using the Fold, and I went one day just using the front screen. And I was going to do all of this for my review, but um, I just went one full day just like using the front screen to see how that works. But um, yeah, I, I the form factor is great. Like, I use it all the time, and I, I just, I'm, I have my high, high hopes for it, but we'll see. 
Um, remember, this is not live, so any videos we're going to see by the time this is published in two days that you've added, any more videos you're working on with the Fold? Um, well, I, I was working on my review, but I don't, you know, I kind of don't want to do, uh, I'll just do another uh, a video, just kind of a follow-up of my entire experience with my week or so with it. Um, so awesome. I'm not, I'm not going to call it a review, but yeah, it'll be kind of just like a wrap up of it. A summary. Yay. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I love your videos. All right. So uh, let's talk about some other stuff. Um, it's hard to be, it's going to be hard to talk about other stuff now, but, uh, <laughs> one plus seven has made it official that the launch is going to be on May 14th mm -hmm. in New York. Uh, it's exciting. Um, I hope to be there. Uh, so, you know, maybe I'll see you then. Yeah. Um, but this is exciting news. Uh, we know that there's two phones, maybe three, if you count the 5G variants. I mean, this is rumors at this point, but it's pretty solid rumors, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we definitely know with the, uh, well, not definitely, but again, with the 90 hertz screen is going to be something that's pretty, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. They're, they really are saying that their display is going to be like something that, um, really changes the game or something. I don't know. The, the, the Asus ROG phone, ROG, whatever. Uh, some people hate when I say ROG. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I say I've gotten too. really nasty grams on Twitter about saying ROG. So ROG, 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 ROG. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the ROG phone has a 90 hertz OLED and mm -hmm. it's great. But I mean, it doesn't, it's not mind blowing. Well, I think, well, the thing about OnePlus is just the, it, again, that is kind of, working with also the price point and everything else they execute with the phone. So, you know, right. OnePlus has been really good with their software and just hardware standpoint. They make a really good phone and if they add these extra things at it and then keep that price down too. Um, you know, that, that would be something that I'm really happy for. But, but we one, know that's coming on the pro, right? Not the regular. So the question right. is how expensive is that pro? See, I have this feeling and I, and I, I don't want to be like, you know, I'm not, and I'm not trying to sound negative here. I'm, I'm a, on board with a, I'm on board with paying more, giving OnePlus more money for a better phone than what they've been doing. But at the same time, I don't think they should abandon their core customer base of the five, $600 phone, you know, uh, and it's why we're seeing two phones from all the rumors. We're seeing the OnePlus 7, which will be the, uh, the accessible, affordable five, $600 flagship. Um, and then we're going to see a pro and I'm much more excited about the pro because I really don't care. Like I would spend a thousand dollar on a phone. So, you know, if, if, if OnePlus can bring on even more features at that price point, or if they charge 750 for it and it's got equivalent features to a thousand dollar phone, I'm in, I'm on board. I can't, we can't go wrong here. So this 90 Hertz quad HD display sounds great. And then the triple camera system sounds great. And you know, for better or for worse, even though it's not water resistant, um, that's the pop-up selfie, I think is going to be cool because it's going to give us a bezel-less front display, you know? Yeah. And yeah. And like, like you said, the, the big thing is the price. Like I'm, I'm making an assumption that this, this, the one, the, the one plus seven pro is not going to cost, you know, a thousand. Yeah. I, I, if they can get it still in the 800 range, exactly. Like 750, that. 800 would be a really sweet spot. And then if they release the 5g version for a thousand dollars. That, Correct. that, that would be, you know, that would be pretty crazy because, you know, all these other 5G phones coming from, you know, Samsung others is going to cost more. So yep. yeah, that's gonna be good. But like you said, their core audience, the, the people who just want that one plus seven, they can still keep a five in front of that, 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 that final price for that. I think they're great. Man, yeah. Even if they keep it under 650, they're still good. And the fact that they're switching over to having these two devices is, is only going to help them. But yeah, so it, it comes down to the price of OnePlus. I'm happy with their phones. They, they make good phones, but it, it ultimately does come down to the price. Absolutely. We'll really see. And then the other thing that I think is going to be interesting, to me at least, is how they're going to execute on, you know, uh, competing in 5G price-wise. Because you're saying 1000 is a good price, but we all know the Mi Mix 3 5G from Xiaomi, which I know is not going to come to the US or whatever, but is, was 699 euros or something at, at MWC or 640? I mean, it's really affordable. Mm -hmm. So here's kind of why my theory is we haven't heard rumors of this, but we might actually see a OnePlus 7 5G as well. Like we might see 5G variants of both phones simply because mm. to kind of hit that price point of 5G, that's the most affordable 5G phone on the planet. At least if I were OnePlus, that's what I would do. Wow, and that oh, wow, that I haven't thought about that, but that would be crazy. Yeah, if they can do, they can do a five G version of both of those and get that price down on that that one. And, and you know, oh. maybe it's going to be in the fall, like you know how the five the one plus 
uh, there's a T model, the 7T. So maybe the 7T will be have a 5G variant, but because maybe by then the X55 chipset from Qualcomm will be out. So I, which is more integrated. So I, I don't know. I think, I think that they cannot just launch a thousand dollar 5G phone mm -hmm. if they want to be competitive when you know that Xiaomi is coming with. And again, this doesn't matter for US markets, but it, I think it matters for foreign markets. Um, for the US, though, what's your what's your thought on T-Mobile and OnePlus? Are we going to see uh, these two phones launch on T-Mobile, or are we going to see maybe the five G model be the first T-Mobile phone in the US that's five G? Or I'm throwing these at you, and you can feel free to elaborate and answer. Or are we going to see a partnership with other carriers in the US, like AT and T and Verizon? What are your thoughts on all that? Um, I don't know. I think they may just stick with T-Mobile. You know, I mean, I think they may don't they wanted to to go out get too big, you know, especially with uh, working with 5G. So I think they may just try to stick with T-Mobile, at least for uh, this first first go around on it. Right. But do you think there'll be a 5G version on T-Mobile first? Um, like yeah. the first 5G phone they're going to sell is going to be on T-Mobile. If they keep that. They, yeah. I mean, I think they'll work with that partnership. I think they may do that. That might be cool, right? Yeah. That might be bragging, bragging rights for yeah, them. Yeah, definitely. I know T-Mobile would be happy. Especially if somehow they can launch it before the Galaxy S10 5G. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can yeah. you imagine if at this thing, they, John Ledger comes on stage and goes, oh, and by the way, 5G is going live in two weeks when we <laughs> ship the 5G phone on T-Mobile. Yeah, that would be crazy. Boom! Yep. I mean, it could happen because remember... You know, the thing about Timo is that they're not, they're sub six primarily right now, mm. their 5G rollout. And that's much more practical than millimeter wave. You know, um, millimeter wave is obviously very much the future, but it's also much more complex and expensive yeah. to achieve today. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah. And I think, and I think OnePlus just want, just want to keep it simple. You don't want to. You don't want to go get get too crazy with it. Just keep it simple. Go the easiest route. And as long as the you know the five G is you know it's good. The five G version of the phone it it, it works. You know, decent. Um, yeah, I think I think that's the, that's what they should do. Yeah, I'm really stoked about this whole thing. Um, and a chance to go to New York to see y'all, y'all. Yeah, I'm yeah. super excited. And, and how cool is OnePlus? They actually sell tickets for for the fans <laughs> to actually I go to the event. I think that's kind of so weird, honestly. Oh, oh you don't you don't like that. <laughs> no, I think, look, if they can get away with doing it, clearly they can. Kudos to yeah. them. You know, the more the merrier, right? It's just such mm -hmm. a weird, like, kind of like, oh, we're going to... I mean, it's $20, right? Anybody can really afford that. I, yeah. I think that's at least very accessible, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like, <laughs> really, OnePlus, you know? Oh, I, it's it's showmanship, and I kind of appreciate it that way, you what? know? You know what's crazy? Their their fan base is like ridiculous, like it, it ridiculously I good. And, and, like they have people waiting out in the stores. Like with, they they did it with the the six with the uh, oh yeah, I was and, there. And yeah. Times, yeah, like as, and for one plus, which is not a you know, at least in the U.S., not a big name company. Like they they generate excitement for it, and they're they're very fan focused. Which I so I think it's cool. I think it's cool to be able to give their fans a chance to kind of try try the phone out and be there yeah no i think it's awesome i mean i just think it's i wish it was free like that you know would be yeah. a nice little nod to the fans first yeah. come first serve kind of thing um but at the same time it's one plus it's going to be a big party and i can't wait like i, I think this is the mm -hmm. phone that i'm the most excited about of all the one plus phones so far mm -hmm. i knew the one six the one plus six t was going to be a big deal but it was a t phone this is a main phone you know mm -hmm. and now we have a pro version I'm I'm totally 100% on board because I've always felt like the OnePlus was holding back a little bit because of its price. And that's fair. Mm -hmm. But what can OnePlus do without holding back? Question mark. It's true. That's right? True. I know. And that's I know. where I'm at in my brain right now. Yeah. Yeah. Go pro, but still keep that price hopefully and, lower. And we know with their BBK, you know, uh, uh, you know, umbrella partnership that, you know, that means that they have a lot of access to Oppo parts bin and, mm. and Oppo makes incredible hardware. We're going to talk about the Oppo Reno, which is now being launched in Europe this morning, in fact. And there's some, some content out there. David Roddock has been in Switzerland uh, for a few days, uh, posting great photos, by the way, mm -hmm. with uh, some of them with the Oppo Reno. And of course, uh, I don't know if you saw SuperSaf had a, uh, kind of was the first to to show the phone on his channel on, on a YouTube channel 
Um, and I, I watched that video last night before going to bed. So I'll link all this to the, to the show notes. Um, but uh, before we jump on that, I'm, there's a lot of news out there, phone news that happens sometimes that falls through the cracks. Um, because, uh, you know, it's busy and the podcast is weekly, but we can't catch everything. And I, I saw this one at the time and I forgot to add it to the show two weeks ago, whenever it was. But Palm finally released a standalone version of that little phone of theirs. Uh, on At least it's available, I think, unlocked in some places and then on Verizon for 200 bucks hmm. uh, with some software optimizations to make the battery life uh, last and some improvements to the camera. These improvements are going to come to the non-standalone version. Have you played with the Palm? What are your thoughts? Does this matter? Do you care? <laughs> Etc. Yeah, it's such a cute little device. Like I, I always keep a special place for it in my heart. But no, Me too. <laughs> you know, you know what? It, the un, unfortunate thing about it is just two, three years too late. Like I, I think yeah. now we have smart watches that can give you that ability to not. Take yeah, your my phone Galaxy out. Watch does a better job. Yeah, <laughs> you know, other that, than taking photos, it doesn't do that. Yeah, and that's the whole point of this. This device is to the Palm phone is to not act, not feel like you have a phone with you, or you know, but you just get a smart watch that. You know, that's 3G. But I think for some people, you know, it might be like they like the cuteness factor and they don't need much and they don't maybe use their phone much for like productivity stuff. And they with the new optimizations, the battery might just last them long enough for the day. Who knows? I mean, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I've always said they should have a standalone version, so I'm just happy to see they have one now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it looks like they're, you know, they're sticking with it. And again, they're, they're still trying to improve it. So... As long as you know, the price doesn't get too bad and they make these some of these improvements, it, it'll be there. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a fun little device, but um, hopefully it'll, it'll, it'll last a test of time. So let's go back to that Oppo Reno because I'm kind of stoked about it. This is the second phone on the market with a periscope style zoom lens. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very similar in terms of, of numbers as, as a P30 Pro. Uh, it can do 10 times hybrid zoom. I don't know what the physical zoom is of the lens, but it's a fixed zoom. It doesn't ch change uh, mechanically. So just like the uh, Huawei P30 Pro, it basically has a fixed amount of optical zoom and then it can do some enhancements with hybrid by using two lenses. Uh, the two sensors, the main 48 megapixel sensor that the Oppo Reno has versus the 40 on the on the Huawei. It's really interesting to me that uh, I'm seeing a lot of parallels between those two phones right now and the mm. implementation. Uh, very cool. F over 1.7, 48 megapixel OIS main sensor that does the quad buyer uh, implementation. So it basically does sub-pixel interpolation for color which which basically is exactly what Huawei's been doing on since the P20 um and doesn't have the um the yellow pixels like the the Huawei does that's mm -hmm. an RGB setup I believe this is a Sony sensor actually uh uh IMX586 I'm pretty sure so it's a very popular sensor it's on a lot of phones including the uh, Honor View 20 um and so I don't know I'm stoked to see what this is going to do, I, I like to see competition and I'm happy that Oppo is, is basically kind of mimicking what, what, what Huawei has done. So what are you, what's your take on all that? Yeah, all that is great. And that possible 5G version of it as well. Right, so right. And the wide angle. There's a wide angle I forgot to mention, by the way. There's a wide angle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like uh, the more competition, the better. And they've always been a company that has been around. They're one of my first for phone, phone companies to send me a phone to review. Really? Know, wow. Ten, ten years ago, like. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's good to see that they're, they're consistent and they're, you know, again, like you said, they are very close and similar to, to OnePlus, And then now they're uh, putting some of these features that go as goes at Huawei. Um, yeah, the more competition, the better. And it looks like the people are trying to get creative with the cameras and the zoom looks good. So yeah, it's, yeah, it, it, what caught my eye is that, you know, other than the, the good main sensor at, uh, F01.748 megapixel with OIS is that they have, obviously they have OIS on the zoom, but the F-stop on that zoom lens is F03, just 3, 3.0, which is slightly better than the 3.4 that Huawei has. So it might be a little better in low light, um, which is one of the trouble with those zoom lenses. Well, we'll have to see. Um, the other thing is Snapdragon 855. Uh, it's pretty fully loaded. It has a 6.6-inch AMOLED uh, display with no notch, no no nothing, just full screen. Uh, and that cool, like kind of like wedge-shaped pop-up camera thing that also has the flash for the rear camera on the back of it. Mm -hmm. uh, wh what do you think of the pop-up stuff? I mean, obviously, 
it's cool, but you lose water resistance. Do you think it's a stopgap until we can do under display front cameras? What, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I never had a problem with notches, but, you know, it looks to be there, there's a few people that don't like the notches. So um, I think it'll be fine. Um, you know, there with the uh, with the fine X, I mean, that worked great. I mean, I actually like that a little bit better the way that that motorized function works. But um, yeah, I think it's I think it's here to stay. I think people don't want any type of bezels. They don't want any type of notch. And yeah, we lose some some things, but I think most people will be fine with it. I mean, I feel that the punch hole is definitely better. To me, it goes away much more like. Um, and so I'm okay with that. But I do feel that you can do full screen, obviously. Let's do full screen. But the question is, are you willing to sacrifice water resistance for a pop-up camera right now or not? That, I think, is the big question. And I suppose that depends on who you are and how you treat your phones, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Like, I, I personally haven't, like, broken a phone with any type of water damage. But, you know, some people have. Some people are more prone to drop their phones. Like, I, I, use, I like to use my phones without cases. You know, some people are... You know, they, they have to have a case on it. So it, it really does depend on, on the, the person. But I just think as long as the consumer is aware of it, you know, I think now a lot of consumers just automatically assume every phone is going to be water resistant. But um, yeah, as long as you know yeah. it is, then. <laughs> <laughs> That's the danger. It's like, oh, is that a screen protector peel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think, I mean, I agree with you. I think that uh, it's, I think it's a stopgap, but it's an interesting stopgap. I like the fact that form factors are built around this idea of having a slider of some kind or mm. pop-up of some kind we've seen obviously the 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 oppo find x and we've seen the uh the you know the the various pop-up cameras and even the mi mix 3 which has a mechanical slider that solves that problem mm. and it's very addictive click 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 it's kind of fun yeah so i think um i think all this is good and uh i, I really am looking forward to getting in the oppo reno i hope that oppo sends me one when uh, they finally have them available uh, the last oppo phone i reviewed was the oppo r17 um i haven't mentioned it much on the show but uh i have you played with that one yeah actually i need to do my video on that i haven't done I video like on that, that phone yeah. like yeah. i feel that it's a really good mid-ranger as a snapdragon 9 uh not 9 710 uh, 710 is kind of like between the 6 and 800 series and just recently replaced by the 730. Um, so it's Snapdragon 845 detuned, basically. So it's it's speedy, it's fast. The finish on that phone is absolutely gorgeous, the mm -hmm. R17. I don't know if you have the same color as me. I've got that kind of bluish unicorn pink, yep. like sh shimmery thing in the back. That, it, But it's, it's matte. It's a matte glass. It's really cool. And the camera is, again... Really high quality. It took some really good. I did it with me in at MWC, and I took some really good photos. Uh, and then it has a, a telephoto and a time of flight. It doesn't have a wide angle, which is really unfortunate. I feel the wide angle is really more important than telephoto these days. It is, yeah. Um, but overall, it's a great phone. Um, I enjoyed it, and uh, I would definitely say that you know I would recommend it. And it has a uh, it very much looks and feels like a OnePlus 6T. Yeah. A teardrop notch, uh, in-display fingerprint sensor, pretty much in many ways is, is this is where you can see the Oppo OnePlus equivalency going on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like that phone. So yeah. It's a good time to be in. Uh, we have a really good time where it's I know. just so We're many- so it, lucky. There's so many good phones out from everybody. Like it's hard, it's hard to make a bad phone, but uh, yeah, it's, it's totally. a good time. Um, one last thing before we go, I didn't put it in the notes, but I wanted you kind of pick your brain about this because uh, it kind of limped on the radar. We mentioned it on the show two weeks ago, but we didn't really have a chance to kind of get into detail. The uh, Samsung A80, the one with the rotating camera slider thing. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Where, um, yeah, basically like one, well, Oppo did a, a phone like that, where basically yeah, they, your rear facing back in the day, just, just yeah, swap. totally. But this is basically to kind of make the screen bezel-less that they, so it's a slightly mm. different implementation, but it's really cool, right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, you, you can see Samsung kind of just like using this as a test phone for when they finally bring this over to their, you know, the S11 or- I love that they yeah. do that. I love yeah. that they've been using the A high-end A series lately to like, you know, first phones that they had with like four cameras on the- a9 or whatever it was last year mm. and then like now we have this this other this new one with this really cool module that kind of flips over yeah um, and, and that's cool that's the way i think like you said before with the uh galaxy fold you want to use those rear-facing cameras as much as you can so you might as well be you know hopefully can use those as a, a you know replace those with your place your front-facing selfies and then i'm also just really excited about portrait mode for video like that's it, it still looks you know it looks a little 
rough around the edges, um, but I'm excited for that. And the, the Snapdragon 85 can, can handle it. So I'm ready. I'm ready to really see how that, that really comes out. Cause I think that's going to be a game changer once they finally flesh it out. Yeah, me too. I, I, I feel like, you know, this is, this is good stuff. So I don't know. I think we'll, we'll have to see how it goes, but I feel that, um, I like seeing this form factor experimentation that's going on right now because mm-hmm. we've just been dealing with slabs of glass and metal and plastic for too long and it was getting very boring. People tell me that phones are boring right now. I'm like, seriously, look around. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's not boring. There's lots going on. No, so, it's not, yeah. yeah, it's not boring, but it's always room for innovation and that's 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 where we're at. And I, I think, yeah, these next couple of years are, are going to be interesting as people try to get rid of the notch and the the you know, go with the, the motorized cameras. But then after that, in a couple of years, hopefully we can get those under display, you know, sensors and cameras and that, that'll be, uh, that'll be sweet. Totally. Well, listen, we should wrap it up. Um, what, do you want to tell folks where they can find you on the internet? Obviously, Soldier Knows Best is your YouTube channel, but I want you to tell them about your Twitter, Instagram, whatever else you got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Soldier Knows Best YouTube. I have uh, all the links to my social media down below. My social media is kind of all over the place. Like on Instagram, I'm Mark Watson on uh Twitter, I'm soldier no best without the S at the end of nose. Uh, but yeah, just go to one of my YouTube videos and I'll have all those links down below. Um, and also my main YouTube channel page. And um, yeah, so I'm, um, that's pretty much the best place to find me is on YouTube and you'll find me everywhere else from there. Yeah. And folks, don't forget to subscribe to uh, Mark's channel and like the videos and all that good stuff. Tell your friends. You know you want to. There's lots of great content there. Um, you know where to find me. I'm at Tankgirl on Instagram and Twitter. That's T-N-K-G-R-L, like Tankgirl, the comic book, without the vowels. And uh, thankfully got those two handles. But I did not get it on YouTube. So on YouTube, it's YouTube.com slash Miriam my full name spelt out. If you don't know how to spell my name, go to my Twitter. You'll see my name there. Put that down with no spaces and you get to the YouTube channel. And the YouTube channel, it's a small channel, but it does have, uh, you know, pretty regular content, a couple of videos a week i generally do unboxings i like unboxings a lot but i also do hands-on some reviews um some interviews some some basically some content that anything related to mobile technology and of course i count cars into mobile technology because they're packed with technology today so there's a bit of car content as well as as you know i every now and then have an episode on the podcast that's car centric generally evs and stuff because i'm i'm a big fan of that um And speaking of, if you just stumbled on the podcast and you're kind of wondering, like, what is this? Well, mobiletechpodcast.com is the URL for the show. Uh, You can find the RSS feed there. We're on a whole bunch of platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Overcast, uh, Spotify, it turns out, uh, TuneIn Radio. So you can listen to the show weekly on all these platforms. You can subscribe. Uh, I hope you do. Tell your friends. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Tell your friends and like the videos, all that good stuff. I also want to thank our sponsor. Uh, we've had Audible as a sponsor for a really long time on the show, and they are awesome. If you like audiobooks, if you like reading, but for some reason cannot read because you're driving all day or something, audiobooks are definitely the solution, and, and audible.com is, is the place to go for audiobooks. So check them out. They have a great selection. Uh, some of the books are read by the authors, which I really feel is a cool experience. You can get a special deal, which is 30 days free trial by signing up at the link below. So 30-day free trial is a link in the show notes. It's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. That's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. I want to thank Audible for being a longtime sponsor and go check them out and get those 30 days free trial if you are not already a member. And that's it, folks. Uh, thanks so much, Mark, for being on the show. really appreciate it. It was great being here. Yeah, let's have you on in the future. Uh, maybe men will do it when the fault finally ships and we can compare <laughs> notes. It'll be uh, pretty cool. Uh, definitely. <laughs> awesome. Well, stay tuned, folks. We'll have another show next week. And until then, cheers. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.